Okay, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. We are uh, returning to and resuming our 9 o'clock class. Very exciting. We've been on, on hiatus uh, since uh, before Yamtiv, right? Last one we had was uh, close to Yom Kippur. So we've been on our uh, Yamtiv break. We return to our <clears throat> Monday through Friday 9 o'clock class. Now, what are we going to do? The Eilam wants to know. Uh, so I think we're going to do as follows. For Elzman, we were doing the Maharal on Shuva. That was very fun. That was very uh, fun, maybe is the wrong word, but a very, uh, I think, very powerful, very exciting. Enlightening. Enlightening, that's a very good word. We're going to return to Evan Shlema. We've been moving through Evan Shlema, you know, over the last uh, couple of years. We, we did the bulk of the Sefer in one shot, and there were some bits and pieces we left behind. We came back, and we did the Perak on Chinuch. Essentially, what we have left in Evan Shlema is the last one and a half prakim. Half of Perak Yud and Perak Yud Aleph. Half of Perak Yud is a little bit, the second half is a little bit morbid. It deals with, with the concepts and topics of death, the afterlife, and the judgments in between death and afterlife, what happens to the neshama when the neshama is released from the, from the body, uh, what, 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 um, what, what things look like then, what the procedures, what the, you know, there's a series of events and a series of judgments and all that kind of stuff. So a little bit on the gloomier side. And Yud Aleph, the final Perk and Shlema, is all about um, Geula, redemption, Mashiach times, Eilam Haba, Messianic. So we go from morbid to Messianic. And uh, I, I think it's time for us to wrap up the Sefer and be able to do Evan Shlema in its entirety. And so the question was, then are we going to go in linear order over here and start with finish off with the second half of Perak Yud which is a little bit gloomy, morbid or are we going to first do Yud Aleph start in the beginning of Yud Aleph and, and do the Messianic stuff so I decided that I think we're going to learn about the Geula we're going to start with Yud Aleph there's some spooky stuff over here some interesting things some, a lot of, a lot of uh, discussions about Mashiach and Geula and let me preface this with saying um, why we are and why we're not learning this we are learning this because these are very important things to learn about, and it's part of Torah. And these are topics and discussions that you don't really find elsewhere. There's not a lot of Svarim that get into these things. The Vilna Gain here in Evan Shlema has a whole perek dedicated to this. Um, and again, we have to remind ourselves not that the Vilna Gain himself wrote Evan Shlema, but the Malakit, his students, that compiled Evan Shlema, um, took a entire perek of, of his master, the Vilna Gain's teachings on Geula and on, on redemption. Okay. Um, it's important to learn about these things, and and as part of Torah, it's good to know, to, to try to clear up confusion as much as we can. Um, why we're not learning this is, we're not learning this because, um, the, we're not learning this out of a concession to messianic fever and the messianic fervor. And what do I mean by that? I mean that, you know, it's very popular, what people like to do, what people like to do, and it's, it's to our credit that we do this, but it's a little bit of a maybe... Uh, um, to our fault as well, when there's tumultuous times in Kalal Yisrael, which we've, uh, unfortunately, we've seen, um, and we're seeing again now, difficult times, tumultuous times, so it becomes quite um, in the vogue to start getting messianic, to start whipping out all these svarim and predictions and gematrias and, and, uh, this year, you know, 5784 is, is the year of this, and this, this event really means this, and this is Melchemes Goig and Magoig, and this is Mashiach ben Yosef, and this is Mashiach ben David. There's a tendency for Klai Yisrael to do this, and 
and and uh, you know, not that I've lived through um, so many different historical events in the history of Kleiso, but but uh, you know, I've already seen people do this on numerous occasions. I remember I mean, the first time I was aware of this happening when uh, I was old enough to see this in action was the Gulf War, the Gulf War, um, 1990, when um, America sent troops into Iraq to take down. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ostensibly because Iraq invaded Kuwait, um, so they sent people in to try to try to topple Saddam Hussein. Um, so he made they made a threat in Iraq. They said, "Well, if America invades us, we're launching rockets at Israel." You guys remember that? And he he made good on his threat. He started launching rockets at Israel. You know, this is the middle of the winter time um, in in 1990. And I remember there was a lot of messianic fervor and fever in the air then. Everyone was, again, the same thing with the predictions and the gematrias and Geigen Magoig and who Iraq is and who Saddam Hussein is and who George Bush is. And, you know, everyone had it all worked out. It was all worked out. Um, and it's happened again. It's happening again now. It's happened since then. It's happening again now. We're not going to be learning the parak dedicated to Geula because we're saying, Rabbi Sai, we have it all worked out. And this is Geigen, this is Magoig. And this is Mashiach Tzayin. How it is, Bez Hashem it is, right? We know this, you know, every generation has someone who is worthy of being Mashiach. At every time, and any time that we're, we're deemed worthy, we can bring Mashiach at any point in time. Mashiach can come at any point in time. Um, but our, our Mahalach, our approach, and our Mesoira, uh, the, the guidance that we've been given always by our sages and the leaders that we have in every generation is... We have faith, full faith, that Mashiach can come at any point in time, and we try to make ourselves ready for Mashiach at any point in time, but we don't try to connect the dots. That's not our job. Our job is not to start making the gematrias and the predictions and the years and, and identifying it and, and saying, we have it, you know, we got it worked out. We know exactly, yeah, Mashiach is about to come, because look, look, I found, uh, uh, I found this, this, uh, this, this source from hundreds of years ago that says this, and I found a prediction, I found the gematria. That's not how we do things. And it's never how we do things, because we don't know. Ultimately, we don't know. Only Rebbein Shalom knows. We do know, again, what do we know? We have to take stack what we know what we don't know. We do know the Mashiach can come at any point in time. We do know that if we want to expedite Mashiach's arrival, we got to be doing the right thing. We, gotta, we have to, we have to uh, be on top of ourselves. We do know that Hashem is not going to abandon His people ever. And we do know that Hashem will bring Mashiach. We don't know is who Mashiach is and when he's going to come and how to connect the dots and what, what the real meaning of the war of Geigen, Magoig is and who the players are going to be. We don't know any of that. And since we don't know any of that, we don't get involved over there. That's not our business and it's not our... We are fumbling in the dark over there. And, and to say even better, what, what's the real reason we don't get involved over there, Rabbi Sai? Is because at best, it, it, it's, it's a distraction. It's distracting. And... You know, it distracts us from what our um, our real job is. And what's our real job? Again, our real job is to do what's within our capabilities. What's within our capabilities? To improve ourselves, to work on ourselves, to make ourselves better, and to do what we're supposed to be doing, to do it well, to do it right. When 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 um, we get infected with this, what we call the messianic fervor and messianic fever, and we start, you know, pulling out all the 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 um, informed knowledge. Of yeah, this is the year of this, and this is when this is going to happen, and this is what's going on, and this is who Hamas is, and Hezbollah, and and, and etc. That really ends up being distracting. 
as we get so convinced that yes, Mashiach is here, it's okay, Shkain, all right, so uh, now all we have to do is wait for Mashiach. No, our job is to bring Mashiach. Our job is to make ourselves ready for Mashiach. Let me say that better. Our job is to make ourselves ready. Our job is to be doing what we're supposed to be doing on a daily basis, and 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 everything else is in Hashem's hands and is is uh, is knowledge that's only Hashem is privy to. And when we get busy over there, it it just really takes our focus away from what we're really supposed to be doing. So that this is not why we're learning Perikidav. So again, just to make it very clear, we are going to be learning the final Perikidav and Shleiman now, which discusses all the details and the ideas behind what Geula is, what redemption is, and how it's going to work. It's very exciting, very fascinating stuff. We're learning because it's part of Torah, we got to learn this. We're not learning it because we're making a statement that, yes, this is, we, we have it worked out, we have it figured out, this is Melchem's Gai that's not why we're learning, because we don't really know. But, as Hashem and the Schuss of us learning about Gula, we should see the Gula very soon, and the Schuss of us learning about Mashiach. We should see Mashiach and the Schuss of us learning about, about that time, the end of days, we should see, you know, in, in, in a very in a very pleasant way. We should see in a very celebratory way the arrival of Mashiach. We should be zeichet to see with our own eyes the return of Hashem, the return of the Shechino to, to um, the Harabais, Mashiach, but we should see it perachamim. We should see it in, in a pleasant way, in a merciful way. Okay, all that being said, I know that was a, 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 a long introduction, but an important one. And, and, Again, we're establishing two points, why we're learning this, why we're not learning this, and, and also in general, Rabbi said it's not our job right now to really try to figure out, to be the Cheshve Kates, to be the ones that are calculating Mashiach's arrival, and, and again, identifying things and connecting the dots, it's not our Avoida, our Maseras, now we don't do that stuff. Okay, Aleph, says the Vilna, Gain Perikid Aleph, Simon Aleph, Baruch Atoad, Yinoyelin Melchel, Lamashah, call me Bidvarek. Zakta Gain, Dalit and Yone Geula Yihiyeh, the ultimate redemption that's going to come at the end of days, and should come as Hashem b'mehir the ultimate redemption that's going to come when Hashem redeems His people from Gullus, prakim. It's going to come in four stages. Geula is going to come in four stages. The Geula hasid, the, the ultimate redemption. And which four stages? The four stages of the redemption are going to parallel four different times during the year that the world is there's four different times that the world is judged the world has four different stages of judgment and those stages of judgment are going to parallel excuse me the four stages of redemption what's the guy referring to what are the four times during the year the world is judged who knows something that we had recently we made us oh very good good for you stan excellent Get one of these. Yeah, it's good. You haven't gotten one of those in a while. They're good for you, Stan. Yeah, okay. Um, Stan just got a fist bump for our uh, out there in WhatsApp land. Um, there's four Rosh Hashanahs. Arba Rosh Hashanahs. And we have it right here, right? That's we. Arba Rosh Hashanah Heim. We had a Rosh Hashanah. We did it with the Ahmed Yomi program in the morning. We made a Siman Rosh Hashanah. Um, there's four Rosh Hashanahs. Rosh Hashanah means a time of judgment. There's four times of judgment. During sprinkled over the course of the year. What were those four times of judgment again? There's there's Chesh Elul, there's, there's Elul, there's Shana, there's there's Pesach, there is um, Sukkot, Shavuos, right? So um, and each was a judgment for a different a different aspect of this world. 
says the Gain, those parallel the four stages of Geula. Now the Gain explains, Hainu, what does that mean? Ba-Pesach yigalu me'ashibud. Pesach time, which is one of the times that we're judged, that's going to be stage one of redemption. And Pesach time is when there's going to be a Geula, we're going to be released from Shibud. Shibud means servitude. We're going to be released from servitude in this Galus. That's the first stage. Uva Rosh Hashanah, An Rosh Hashanah, Tia Gemar Hadin Ba'oyve Hashem, An Rosh Hashanah, that's the next stage, there will be um, retribution and and um, judgment meted out against all the enemies of Hashem. The enemies of Hashem. Okay, we're going to come back to each one of these points. So the second stage of Geula, the first stage says again is, is Pesach. Second stage is Rosh Hashanah. Uvat Seres, third stage is going to be Shavuos. Ia Kibbutz Goliath. Shavuos is when the exiled are going to begin to go back to Eretz Yisrael. Kibbutz Goliath, the ingathering of exiles, is going to be on Shavuos. Ayudei Meishu Rabbeinu, Olav HaShalom. That's going to be under the leadership of Meishu Rabbeinu. Uvisukas, Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Sukkah's time, the final stage of Geula, excuse me, is when we are going to have the Binyan Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash will be rebuilt. That's going to be Sukkah's. So the four stages of redemption that the guy is giving us is Pesach, then Rosh Hashanah, then Shavuos, then Sukkot. And in, in Mesech Rosh Hashanah it says Pesach, there's a, a judgment on Pesach, right? We saw that in the first Mishnah. In Pesach, there's a judgment. On Rosh Hashanah, there's a judgment. On Shavuos, there's a judgment. And on Sukkot, there's a judgment. And each of those judgments equals and parallels a different level of Geula. So let's just first see, what, what uh, just define what these judgments are. I'm sorry, what, what, the, what, the, what, the, what the redemptions are before we ask a few questions and try to get to the depth of this uh, paragraph over here. What are the four stages of Geula? The first one is we're going to be redeemed from subjugation, from servitude. The second one is Hashem will take vengeance and retribution against the enemies of God. Shavuos time, there will be the ingathering, all the, all the people that are in, all the Yidin and exile will come back. And Sukkot time is going to be the rebuilding of the base of Mikdash. So some of these are very straightforward. Like rebuilding the base of Mikdash, that we get what that is, right? It's not, not a, that's kind of a no-brainer. That's not something that, that uh, requires a lot of uh, thought and discussion. Building base of Mikdash, building base of Mikdash, the fin- that's the final stage. The second to last stage is the, the, the Yidin coming back. Kibbutz Goliath, Kibbutz Goliath, in gathering the exiles. Um, that also seems to be pretty straightforward. That sounds pretty straightforward. That Moshe Rabbeinu is going to lead them back. The second, the, 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 before that, working backwards, was Hashem taking vengeance against his enemies. That's a little bit more vague. Who are Hashem's enemies? Who are the Oive Hashem? Who are Hashem's enemies? Hashem's enemies? Who is that exactly? Um, but uh, punishment and retribution against Hashem's enemies. And the first stage of Geula, working backwards all the way to the first, is we'll be released from servitude and subjugation. What's that supposed to mean? What's the servitude? What's the subjugation? You know, um, it, we're talking about people in the Gulag, you know, in, 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 in the communist Russia. We're talking, you know, that, that we could hear that servitude and subjugation. Sure. Um, 
that empire's you know kind of collapsed. Um, how many Jews are in servitude and subjugation? What does that mean exactly? We're in a Mitzrayim in Egypt. We know there was servitude and subjugation. So what does that mean that the first stage of Geula, first stage of redemption, is when Klaus was released from servitude and subjugation? Who are the enemies of God? And what's the real meaning of ingathering the exiles through Meishu Rabbeinu? And what are these stages of, 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 of redemption over here? We have to have, get a cl- clear idea of that. And why does it happen in stages altogether? And then why do these four stages parallel the four times, these four times of the year? Pesach, Rosh Hashanah, Shavuos, and then Sukkot. Each one obviously is significant. That Pesach is when we release from servitude and subjugation. Okay, that's because we left Mitzrayim. Maybe that, that's the connection over there. Why all the other ones happening at that specific time? And I want to ask a final question over here. We know that the Mishnah Rosh Hashanah tells us, and, and Stan was alluding to this earlier, that these four um, times of the year, there's judgments on different things. Um, Rosh Hashanah is a judgment on humanity. But Pesach, what, what gets judged on Pesach? Pesach is, is Rosh Hashanah for what? What gets judged on Pesach is, is grain. The crops, the grain year is judged on Pesach. So what, what does it have to do with getting, you know, um, released from servitude and subjugation, whatever that is? Um, Shavuos. What, what, what's the judgment on trees. trees? Excellent. Very good. Get another one. <laughs> the trees, the fruit trees. What does that have to do with in gathering the exile? Bringing the exiles back in? What does that have to do with trees and fruits? And Sukkot, what do we get judged for on Sukkot? Was not the no, no, that was, it was a New Year for contracts. What's the judgment? There's a judgment. These are the four times that there's a judgment. There's four times during the year that there's a, a judgment. There's a judgment on Rosh Hashanah, a judgment on Pesach, a judgment on Shavuos, and a judgment on Sukkot. On Sukkot, we're judged for what? We just had this. Fruits, no? No, that's Shavuos. Oh, that's what, what, what was one of the big things that we did on Sukkot, Rabbi Isai? Lulav and Ezra, okay. Sukkot. What do we do on the last day, on Shemini Yatzeres? There's a big... Oh, water. water, that's right. Geshem. Geshem. Very good. So Sukkot, we judge Nidon Alamayim. And Sukkot, we judge for water. That's why we say Geshem. Um, and that's in the Beis HaMikdash, the Nisuch So what does that have to do with the building of the Beis HaMikdash? It's obviously not coincidental that these four times during the there's judgments, and the Gain, it's not a coincidence at all, because the Gain says that the four stages of the Gula are going to line themselves up with the four times during the year that there's a judgment. So the judgment has something to do with the stage of Geula. There's a judgment on, Pe- on, on Rosh Hashanah, a judgment on Pesach, a judgment on Shavuos, and a judgment on Sukkot. What do these four judgments have to do with the four stages of, of redemption, of Geula? This is the final question we have to ask if we're really going to understand this paragraph. Learning the Torah, we're learning the Torah of Geula now. Um, again, the, the Pesach, the judgment, is on grain. What does that have to do with, with leaving servitude and subjugation? On Rosh Hashanah, there's a judgment on humanity. We're, we're, we're punishing the enemies of God. On Shavuos, there's a judgment on, tree, on trees, on fruits. That has to do with ingathering the exiles. And on Sukkot, the judgment on water. What does it have to do with the building of the Beisai Mikdash? Okay, these are the questions that have to be asked over here. And um, let's let's get let let let's let's set this in motion. Let's at least get the ball rolling. Um, we're not going to answer all the questions today, but today was more of like a like a, a introduction to learning this parak on Geula and why we learn about Geula and why we don't. That was a very important introduction itself. And we're setting up this the the, the here with all the questions. Let's begin by answering some of the questions, but we're going to continue with this tomorrow um, as we proceed over here through Parakid Aleph. But let's begin with asking, what does it mean, subjugation? Pesach, the first stage of Geula, which is going to happen Pesach time. Um, 
released from, from for servitude and subjugation. So what in 2000, the year 2023, in Tavshin Pei what servitude and subjugation are we being released from? Who are we sub, subjugated to? Who are we are in service to? Um, where do we find people even that are still in, in a state of servitude and subjugation? So what the guide means is like this. What's the servitude and subjugation means simply the following. It means Klai Yisrael not being able to do what's in their best interests because of pressure from the rest of the world. Klai Yisrael simply not being able to do what we need to do as Jews, what we need to do politically, but not limited to politically, you know, nationally, but not limited to nationally, even spiritually. Klai Yisrael not being able to do what, what, what is in their best interests because of pressure, political and otherwise, because of of need, the need to deal with answer to the nations of the world. There's a, we, we are stimmied in a state of Gullus. Klaus was not able to operate on full steam. We're not able to operate with, with all the gears in motion because we live not just amongst the guy, we live under the guy. And there's always things that we can get away with, Baruch Hashem, the things that we can't get away with. You know, the, the, the nations have just lamashal. I'm, I'm definitely not limiting it to this at all, but this is an example of what the guy is referring to. Um, there was, you know, a lot of unprecedented green lighting in the first few days of the war in Gaza, the current war in Gaza, um, given to Israel, to Medina Yisrael, because the nations were so shocked, everyone was so shocked at like the, how barbaric, animalistic, and you know the atrocities of Hamas. But we see already the tide is starting to turn. We see already uh, humanitarian um, aid and assistance, and you know, Israel has to show restraint, etc. All the old, you know, zmiras are beginning to kick back in again. And, and this is weiter, you know, pressure that's exerted on on Klaistral, on the Medina Israel to go against their best interests. That that shibud, um, that servitude and subjugation. The fact that politically Klaistral finds themselves in, in a bind a lot of times. That servitude and subjugation, but it's not limited to that. Even you know, religious religious wise, if if, if um, you know, you didn't move into a new neighborhood, and and um, and they find themselves blocked from building an eruv due to zoning restrictions. You know, there's anti-Semites there that don't want to see the Jewish expansion, and they block them from making their eruv. They block them from building a shul. They block them from building a yeshiva and a base Yaakov, citing zoning restrictions. That's shibud. That's shibud. That servitude and subjugation is Klaiso not being able to pursue what's in their best interest. Building an Eruv, building a mikvah, making a shul, making a sheep, making a base Yaakov, because they have to answer to the guy, because we live under the guy, not just amongst the guy, under the guy. Isn't that part of Dinah Malkah? Yeah, that's that Shibud. That's Shibud. So you're saying when, it come, when Mashiach comes, there won't be any Dinah Malkah? There won't be any Dinah Malkahs that the, the, the guy are imposing upon us. The Malkah that we'll live under is going to be Malkahs based David. And Malchus Beisov and Mashiach is not going to have an issue with us building Eruvin. Mashiach is not going to have an issue with us making Beis Yankovs and Yeshivas and Nikvais. So this Rabbi Isai is what it means to be in servitude and subjugation. This is what it means to be living. Um, and we still have that, yes, in 2023. Tosh and Pei The fact that Yidin aren't free to always pursue what's in their best interests, whether it's politically, nationally, or re- religiously, means we're under the servitude and subjugation of the Gaim still. What about the Israel of the Jewish state? You, 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 want, you want to say that Israel, even Jews in Israel, it's not real? Correct, there's godless even there. Not a religious one. Not a religious one. They're also dependent on the state. Not a religious one, correct? If the Yidin can't pursue what's in, what's in the best interest religiously, that's Shibud. That's servitude and subjugation. And unfortunately, that is the unfortunate reality. 
Okay, so that's 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 beginning the the discussions over here and beginning the uh, you know start uh, explaining what's going on. This clearly is a very rich paragraph. We have to t- talk about all the other aspects of redemption and how they line up, how they parallel the four different types of judgments, what the significance is, and all that and more. Mr. Shem will continue tomorrow.